Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. Where we talk everything animation here, including OKKO, Let's Be Heroes, which we'll be getting into right now. Uh, I'm your host, Alice Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hello. Uh, Today we are discussing the latest four episodes that have been released by Cartoon Network uh, online. Um... You can find previous discussion on OKKO episodes that we've had here at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also find us at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes or on your preferred podcatcher. Um, As well, you can also listen to us on YouTube at OverlyAnimated.com slash YouTube. Wherever you listen to us, we always appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. But uh, yeah, today we'll be getting into the latest four episodes, uh, Final Exams, Soda Genie, Carol Quests, and Botsman Crashes. Those are the four that have uh, come out recently. It, it had been since uh, a while ago that we, we have, we've talked about OKKO. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, like July, I think it was. Beginning <laughs> of summer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Summer breaks over. Right, summer. right. So we're, we're, we're back in session. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, we have one episode that concludes an arc that was set up a couple of months yeah. ago. And we have some other episodes that talk about things that maybe are setting up for the future. So we've got a bit of a, of a variety to cover here. So we'll begin with um, general impressions on the episodes. like What stood out to you or if you have a favorite that sticks out. Um, we'll go to you, Steve, first. So, well, which of these did you prefer? Oh, which I prefer? Okay, well, I love Boxman Crashes. That's got to hell yeah. Uh, um, I, uh, oh, this is the second like bet, second time in a row like we've done these batches that, that has no dendy in it. But this is the one episode. <laughs> this is one episode that does make up for it. Um, Fink makes up for the lack of dendies, and a bit she's like the more evil dendies, just the cuteness and just being destructive. Um, yeah, and we gotta say I've. We can say all you want about Enid and her like re- her sort of female relationships, but the true subtext gay relationship for sure is Boxman and Venomous. I'm sure there will be ship discussion later <laughs> concerning yeah. those two. Oh yeah, um, um, ju- yeah, they're like a regular Bert and Ernie. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's well, like how, how topical of you. Um, I know. Yeah, and um, I also. Yeah, I also like final exams. I told you guys, I told you last time that this is probably going to conclude with the next episode that for final exam and the episode we covered last batch were five, all five of them were made to be part of a bomb. That was the intention and Cartoon Network just, you know, screwed things around a bit. (laughs) But yeah, and um, and I also, really, there's not one bad episode in the bunch. Even the, uh, the filler one, the, uh, the genie one, the soda genie one, I like that too. That has like has references to Ace Attorney. Yeah, very and the much genie, Ace Attorney. Yeah, and and it's genie. Um, we had what's her name? Um, uh, C- Citrus Twist. Citrus, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Twist. yeah, she was adorable. I loved her. She again helped make up for the lack of Dendi. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it seems you're generally positive on these episodes. Uh, Michelle, we'll, we'll go to you now. Um, how, how do you feel about this group of episodes? I cannot believe that we were all blessed with Boxman Crashes. <laughs> with the minute I read the title, I was like, oh my god, yes! More Boxman! Yeah, he's gonna crash with somebody! Something's gonna crash! Give me the crashing! 
and he goes to Professor Venomous's house, and like, what an amazing their bond just keeps getting stronger, and they complement each other so well. Professor Venomous has all the money. Boxman has just his petty his petty goals that you know fuel Venomous with life to keep going and to keep being evil and to keep doing things. And I think it's just it's just so wonderful. So wow. <laughs> It yeah, and I'm very excited. This seems to be the beginning of an arc for Boxman this season, which I think is very needed because he wasn't doing anything for most of the season so far. In general, these four episodes are great. I also find it weird that we didn't get final exams till now. That's a really long time to wait to get a conclusion to a five episode arc, but I thought it was very strong. I think it it was great that it ended on such a positive note for. Um, Elodie and Ian's relationship in particular. I Ooh. love the Elodie. Oh, she I, came around and she helped. Oh, I'm but, excited about, about future, possible future episodes down the line with that. Absolutely. I mean, the one thing that really stuck out to me was that Elodie, her reasons for staying, I think, are just as valid as Enid's reasons for leaving, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's saying, like, you know, like, maybe Chip Damage was a robot. Maybe it's all orchestrated and there is some real shady stuff going on behind the scenes but i still believe in everything he stood for i do want people to look up to me i want to be a hero that can do good for the world and i believe in the system and i want to change it from the inside and i think that's really fascinating and I'm like i'm kind of like yeah you should i hope both of you succeed in opposite directions achieving something better and there's more than one way to, to know you know protect the world so yeah so did you need was great very like like um steve was saying very strong ace attorney vibes i have never even my like my understanding of ace attorney is all through social media and i still could understand from that very shallow you know brush with it that this was very clearly ace attorney and if ace attorney is anything like that episode's homage it's probably amazing mm-hmm. and carol class was sweet because yeah we got some development between her and Ko. She realizes that he isn't like quite the little boy she well, assumed he was at this point, and he knows a lot of things, and he's ready to be treated more like an adult, or at least given more confidential information. Mm-hmm. And so, like that, yeah, every episode had a great thing to tackle, and it was very enjoyable. Um, do right. you know? Do you know? Do you know? In character, the very first scene. The way Kale was animated was so weird. He's like such a small, so much smaller than he normally is, like the rest of the episode. Like he went down to Kara's knee in the very first scene, and then the next scene you see him walking and he's about normal height. Well, I, I think that's just okay, Kale's style, but also I do think yeah. that that episode is emphasizing <laughs> Kale being a kid, so maybe that's intentional, who knows. <laughs> but uh, just the, the general, my general impressions, I, I, I'm in agreement that Boston Crashes is a good episode. I, I wasn't blown yes. away the first yeah. time watching it, but on second time, like, it just feels so much fun. <laughs> like, I, I, so I, sim- I sympathize oh. with Venomous being like, uh, I'm, I'm very bored, but this was fun, <laughs> you know? So, oh, like, I, 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 I feel yeah. like Venomous many times my life and the final exams yeah. is also an episode Woo. that I, I i enjoy the uh, enid elodie interaction there i like yeah. the in, the twist they throw in at the end like it what it, it was something that i wasn't totally expecting like, uh, so I, I i enjoyed that 
Uh, the other two episodes are just feel like average OKKO episodes. Like they're not they're, they're not really episodes that I'm gonna remember like in three or six months. But they were fine in the, in the moment. But we'll we'll get into those. But um yeah, I guess we can dig down a little deeper. Um, fi- final exams is the is the one that concludes the arc that we were setting up in the mm-hmm. in the last five episodes. And uh, Michelle, you mentioned something interesting about the uh, Enid Elodie difference in philosophy. And I think that's uh, something that we can mm-hmm. dig into a bit, a little yeah. bit here at, at the ending. Because uh, basically what goes on in this episode, it convinces Enid that she shouldn't be a part of Point anymore. She says that mm-hmm. she can't get behind the beliefs that some heroes are worth more than others. While Elodie comes from this other side, well, the methods are flawed, but people need heroes to look up to. And I've worked towards that, mm-hmm. and I think I can get that by staying here. Mm-hmm. And it ends up being a very amicable parting of ways. And so I really like that just because it does feel like they both explain their sides more or less understandably. And it doesn't feel like either one is wrong necessarily. It's just their different mm-hmm. personalities and then they end up hugging at the end. <laughs> just, you know, yeah. It all feels yeah. very cute. They're they're yeah, they're very cool with each other despite their different beliefs. And I love Ko and Raz's reaction right from the cage at the very end. Like <laughs> this... Yes. <laughs> um I do do feel though, um I told you, I I knew like Chip was a robot. I I'm very sure he wasn't the real main villain, that there was someone behind the scenes pulling the strings. Wait, you know, can, first, can someone go back to the tape? You just said I, I, I'm sure I was sure that Chip was a robot. Why, why well, haven't we heard about robot? this before? Hmm? Well, no, no, he, Steve did say that was his theory, and my was theory it? was the Foxtail was also in on it. Oh yeah, you're yeah, right about that. Steve did think that he was a robot from I, before, but I was wrong. Okay, I thought I, I thought guess I'll need to dig up the tape on that. I thought, <laughs> I thought the person pulling the string was shadowy figure, so I was wrong about that. Or. Or uh, that guy, the hero that we all think is Kale's dad that died. Uh, laser blast. Laser blast or laser blast. I thought it was one of them, so I was wrong about that. But, but I do think though, Foxy, Foxtail, like uh, Sandra from Voltron, I don't think she's like evil. I think she, in her mind, has the best intentions. So she just has really messed up methods. But I think uh, I don't think she's like evil or anything. I think she's still. On the good guy side, she's anti. Uh, the oh, villain, no. so. uh, I mean, the, what do you think? the whole mentality that some heroes yeah. are better than others is troubling to me because that, like, I don't know why, but it just like made me assume it was something like cells are Slytherin, right? Like, no, 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 it's a school where we only want the best and. We, we want to, like, extra help the best people because they're going to do the most good in the world. And we need to single people out and have all these standards and ranks. And that, I feel like that's a really slippery slope. So I don't yeah. think she, she's not evil in a way yeah. that we used to. But I think, like, her ideology is very troubling. Yeah, I in agree. In any case. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I'm not saying she's a good guy or anything. I'm just saying she's not, like, like full on full like, on the villain side. I, I don't think, I, she thinks she's anti-villain she thinks she's good i think she's not like boxman or venomous like they know they're like doing bad stuff and they're cool with it i think she's different from that she's different but i wouldn't say she's like not as bad but to see i, I didn't I, say that i didn't say that I just right said, no i'm saying i'm saying yeah. that i'm curious to see if if her ideology is going to play out in a bigger way in the future and if so what larger repercussions that could have I'm just wondering how 
if what if Carol like knows about this and if she finds out, she still be cool with it? Because you know Probably it does. Yeah. And, and I wonder, I'm very sure if Mr. Gar knows about this because he's definitely always been anti-Foxtail, anti-Point. So maybe he knows stuff that we don't know that he knows. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, remembering the the Foxtail Mr. Gar interaction in, in the chip damage introduction where they're very hostile yeah. towards each other. So like that that's something that we need to come back to at some point. Oh, but I like Foxtail just showing up and like becoming more important again because I think that in the school arc, like Foxtail kind of got phased out for a while. Like she just uh, because we were putting so much focus on on Chip and uh, Sat. Sa- uh, less so on Grayman, but then Fatil kind of got phased out. So just to like show her up back up again is made for some, like I wasn't expecting her to come back necessarily. But, but in a way though, it's like never underestimate women. So good for you, Foxtail. At very least, you're sh- at least showing empowerment in your own way. <laughs> uh, sure. uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little sad. <laughs> you know, she's like so strong and has yeah. like a voice and looks very butch and she's coded as like semi-questionable in her morality not to say you can't be you know that and still be an interesting character but i wish there were like more buff cool ladies who who weren't a little shady to balance that out Mm -hmm. because it's like it's like how i feel about jasper it's like jasper's such a particular character with such a certain design and she's also really questionable and that bums me out a little so you like that idea. Well, well, at least you had Topaz, so. And here we have Carol. Like, she's yeah. buff, I guess. Yeah. But, like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I see the point. Um, also, um, another thing with the Fat's tail at the end here, she once she, like, chases off Grayman, she pulls up a feed of the plaza and she, like, gives a smirk. So, I, I guess that's. Is that supposed to be setting up something for the future with Fat's tail and Point? I feel so. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Mm hmm. Also, she, like, threw Grayman under the bus. That's, like, the thing that really made me concerned. Because she, she was, like, he found out her secret. And she's, like, fine. Like, leave the school. We don't have a use for, a, like, a person without powers anyway. Which is really, like, throwing in his face his accident that he'll never recover from. Like, that just seems like a really low blow for I, somebody you've been a partner with for decades. I just wonder, though, has Fox always been like this? I kind of wonder maybe if... Who what happened to Laser Blast? Maybe changed her for the worse. Um, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I first believe though she's like she was born this way. I think definitely maybe had people deal with tragedies in different ways. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, with the. Fu- <clears throat> With uh, Grayman, like, also another thing is, like, he creates chip damage to be so, sort of like the representation of heroes while Point was getting itself together. And then Fox still just steps yeah. in to kind of hijack his project. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, another, which is so shady. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's another angle, that, or another layer in the betrayal here <laughs> at the end. Um, but th- this episode actually begins with the, the, a point trying to investigate suspicious people. Um, Enid, Rad, and K.O. are sleeping together at the very beginning, which is kind of cute. But then, mm-hmm. then Rad and K.O. get captured, and Enid has to try saving them. But then the, Enid and Elodie have this heart-to-heart because Enid's trying to convince Elodie to stay around. They, like, hold each other's hands. Uh, oh, I, I got a very strong energy from this. Well, that, that <laughs> this is strong energy. That is like 
Definitely subtext. Sub, a lot of subtext here. I think they knew what they were doing there. Um, it's not as much like as, say, back, back in Red Action. That was not subtext. Back in Red Action was actually text. But this oh, yeah. is very strong subtext. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It did give me strong feelings, but I don't, I don't know how I feel about that as a ship, honestly. <laughs> well, I, speaking of which, I still, I want a future episode. I need to see an episode with Edith, Elodie, and Red Action all in the same episode interacting. I gotta see that. Um, even if you do the subtext of maybe of of the of Edith maybe having an old friend, a new friend. Do they have enough in common? Will they get along or? What I like to see maybe is Edith maybe she accidentally make plans to hang with Elodie and Red Action on the same day and she's oh, trying to do no. both. Oh no, it's just time. a trope. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Keep keep beating that drum because if okay, KO lasts for like five seasons, eventually they're gonna have to get around yeah. to doing that, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but for now, this is just an Edith and Elodie show. But, yeah, given, but, uh, but, um, but actually, yeah, but I can't just say more seriously though. I do think in a way though. See, um, Elodie and Red Action, how differences they are. They represent what kind of depth Enid has in her interest, how vast difference she is. Because I think Enid has a lot in common in Red, a lot in common with Elodie, but, you know, there's differences. Like, I think uh, Enid, like Elodie, kind of wants to be a hero and stuff like that, where, while Red is, like Enid, is also more so of a rebel, rule breaker, while Elodie is sort of like uh, someone who goes by the book. And and remember what they said, like uh, last batch of episodes, when Enid once said to to Rad, "I'm a I'm a witch who who want, who's a ninja but wants to be a hero." Like she's a lot of a lot of layers to Enid. Yeah, I, I, I can see that as reflections of uh, different sides of Enid's personality yeah. there. But uh, and the, here, Elodie, her her friendship with Elodie is strong enough that Elodie later shows up to save Enid again, and she met, gets mm-hmm. off the line like, "I just didn't want to lose you again." So like, which coming... is good. That's yeah. the character growth. She's learning not to throw her friends away. It makes right. me so happy. <laughs> she's uh, like, uh, she, yeah, she's like, she. The path she was on before was the foxtail path, and now she's sort of maybe going away from that. So. Well, she's realizing what a true hero is, which is yeah. to stand up for the people you 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 support, things like that. But, but um, and the, so that they end up going together to Chip Damage's office, but they find out he his he's a robot and his butt is his charger. A lot of butt <laughs> jokes in this episode. Oh my god! Um, yes, there there were a lot. Ooh, yeah. a lot of memes too. A lot of like memes I saw on Tumblr with that scene with them holding the butt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there were many different frames that you could take out of context, but uh, so it's revealed that the uh, that his butt is a charger. Grayman tells him to escape with his butt. That's like he keeps from uh, oh my god from recharging. And there's this interesting scene where they are like falling through the sky. Chip is chasing them to chase the butt. They throw the butt around lot i do think that that stands out as like a piece of animation like the whole sky fighting scene like that that seems to be the the centerpiece of the action in this episode and so so, uh, at some point the ko and rad break out of their cage to help out too during the fights so that was nice and uh, and yeah, and that then the ship is destroyed. Uh, Enid decides to leave. Uh, Sparko listens in to Enid and Elodie's conversation, and Sparko <laughs> decides to leave too. Um, does Sparko no. matter? 
No. No, it's weird that he wants to leave, but I guess if if his decision was based on, you know, like, I think shady things are going on, too. And so that's mm-hmm. my reason. I mean, okay. I mean, I guess that's fine, but mm-hmm. he doesn't really have a relationship with any of the main characters, so... Yeah, kind of like, yeah. It, it like, feels okay, kind of shoehorned definitely. in, like, oh yeah, we yeah. introduced this guy. Well, I guess we gotta give him an ending too. <laughs> <laughs> an ending. Uh, I thought for sure, perhaps he might have been one of the people that would, even at the very end, still be on Foxtail's side and believe in Foxtail's methods. Uh, I mean, but I'm, so, I'm surprised. Like, you, you've been being that Sparkle might secretly be evil or something. I'm surprised you haven't brought up like a sleeper cell theory or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, because he seemed like so nice and stuff. I thought they were setting up a twist. And listen, who look who's talking? You're the one who thinks Carol might be evil, remember? So yeah, yeah, <laughs> so that long, long ago, maybe yeah. they think things. But <laughs> <laughs> speaking of potentially evil or solidly evil, um, Botsman and Professor Venomous yeah. have a good relationship. I, I think that this sends yeah. alongside Enid and Elody, Professor Venomous and Botsman ha- are like the strong chemistry of this batch. There's, oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. M- Michelle, what do you think makes these two special when they get together? Oh, man. They're, they're polar opposites, except for the fact that they both like using weapons to fight people that's what brings them together and venomous he has the know-how he knows how to do a good business transaction he knows how to get money he knows how to stay organized and boxman's like sloppy but he makes amazing things and yeah they're only for petty crimes but there's they work really well and they're still very impressive there's a reason he ran a company for a long time so I mean, and like their chemistry is because Boxman takes every opportunity to like, you know, hug him and like <laughs> pat his chest and look at him adoringly and try to make him dinner and feed him. And it's just like so fascinating and sweet and, and just oh. interesting that like, how can you not be into it? It's yeah. just so good. And also they both like to have like sort of children as their like sidekicks. They're both oh. sort of single dads. Exactly, and, they're both dads who are evil. And it's interesting though. Also, like the, the now that they sort of merged the idea now the uh, the robots that Darrow, Shannon, Raymond, they now have a little sister. How are they gonna deal with that? Oh no! Well, <laughs> uh, we still haven't dealt with that before. Destroy all of them. That's yeah. the real thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're you're actually right, Stephen. Bringing up that this does give us an opportunity for more Fink, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Because I think we had been missing Fink for a long yeah. time. And I still <laughs> want a Dendi and Fink in the same episode facing off against each other. I need that explosion of cuteness. Uh, one one strong Fink moment that I also saw being circulated <laughs> on social media was uh, you want to play some videos games? Games, videos <laughs> games. And the venomous response, like you know, I hate videos game. Like in such a serious way, it's like okay, <laughs> so this is how we seriously say it. Like I just know that yeah. got viral from this episode. Well, she's not, just a kid. Not entirely she's, sure why. It's that it just, just sounds weird to say videos game. She's just a yeah. kid though. She yeah. has a little lift. She's just a little kid. She give her a break. But the, the, the adult says that it that way, too. That's not I it. I thought in canon, in this universe, it is video's game. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm assuming it is. That's yeah, because just, Ve- yeah. Venomous says it the same way. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe exactly. he's humoring her. Maybe he's humoring her, you know. Get the parent with their kid. Just humor them. Like, uh, I, I I feel like they've probably said this before. I think it's canon. Yeah. So like, it's, some other characters probably said this before. We just need to 
dig around for old episodes. But I, I just you. find it funny the, the, the it's changing. Just how like <laughs> Venomous is treating her, Fink like a child. Like, hey, stay, stay off the videos game. Go practice Play your, your piano. piano. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of flips, though, I'm hoping the next time we bump into the Venomous and Boxman together, we do a Brady Bunch theme parody. Or we need to do that. There would be we, enough for that, including it, Jethro and Ernesto. Yes. <laughs> And oh, oh, who's going to be the Alice of the group? The Ernesto? Is he the Alice? I don't. I don't remember the Brady Bunch characters enough to answer that. The maid. The maid. Oh, um... Botsman. Botsman is the maid. Yeah. I he, think he, Ernesto he probably would be the maid. He's so eager to please. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, Botsman probably wouldn't be the maid because he's sleeping in the trash can at the beginning of this yeah. episode. That, there was just this little music touch to that reveal that just killed me. There was just such good timing finding him in the trash. Like, oh my god, Botsman, of course you'd be in his trash. Mm-hmm. Botsman is literal trash. He like, is, he, but he's brave. Yeah. He's brave yeah, he, trash. He is- he is salvaged by Professor Venomous. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they get into hijinks when Spotsman begs his way into his house. Um, at some point, he's cooking in his underwear and a stinky shirt, and Venomous goes li- lizard on him. Yeah. yeah, the lizard yeah. was good. You know, actually, another sitcom thing they could have done the odd couple, because that's basically what this most of this episode are. was. Well, well, they already they are, are pretty much. Yeah. Absolutely. They own it. Yeah. Uh, and like to the point, just no matter what Botsman does, he ends up destroying stuff, and he ends up destroying the entire house. But uh, Venomous uh, is re- is slowly redeeming his impression of Botsman because Botsman builds a trike for Fink. <laughs> like, yeah, the the the, the uh, Fink's trike ends up wreaking havoc on cute. the laws, and they just sit back and watch their little child do their thing. Mm-hmm. So but, cute. Uh, and eventually, even though they get blown up at the end, I, I love the uh, venomous um, delivery of "I loved every moment of that." <laughs> yeah, with it little tread marks on his face. Yeah, you never yeah. felt so alive. Yeah, yeah. Like, from the very beginning, they established that venomous is kind of bored with his villainy and just doing normal villain stuff, and Botsman kind of brings out the weirdness that makes mm. it exciting, exhilarating. And so well, cut yeah. I mean, sorry, I was gonna say it also because like I feel like I've heard this a lot, especially with showrunners. You know that once you take on more responsibility, you're always you're always in meetings, you're always organizing things, but you never get a chance to like sit down and draw anymore, and you can't really appreciate the craft in a hands-on way you used to be able to. And I was really getting a vibe of that from Venomous when he was talking about like what he does all day, and I was like, oh yeah, he misses the down-and-dirty evil villainy stuff. He likes getting his hands dirty. That's what he misses. And Boxman gives him that outlet. Mm. Boxman makes his hands dirty. Yeah, he yeah. does. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. that's an interesting point of view yeah. and I, I guess that works and, and uh, to the point where like they end up partnering together and uh, um, the Venomous buys uh, Botsmar back and puts Botsman as CEO which means the end of the reign of Lord Cowboy Daryl it was a short but uh, um, well, notable run so he's not, he's not He's not sad about it. he's happy Daryl I mean he is happy but am I happy not really I know. I mean, but I, still I, though I, 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 I liked Cowboy Daryl Daryl feels about this yet I know how like, do you have- like we 
Boxman imagines he will be happy to have him back, but we have no idea what they've been doing for the past few months. Wasn't that episode, though, when we see, like, little Cowboy Daryl, he's sort of, like, whew, not as happy. It's just, like, almost more like a chore to him. It didn't I mean, we, have an episode had, like that. Well, we had that reality show episode. Yeah, that <laughs> Last one we really paid attention to them. Yeah, that, that was a strange well, moment. Well, still in though, our I time. got. <laughs> still though, we I did love not... that episode, Alex. Still, I, I know you do. I know you do. I'm <laughs> disappointed though. We did not see the Boxman's children's reaction to this partnership. I got. Well, we'll, I... we'll get it when we have still, the Brady Bunch will. episode. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> but still, like when they see the idea that they think their new little sister after the whole bat babysitting episode. It's just their reaction. Their face is just going to be hilarious. I guess for story reasons, like, do we think that there's anything in- interesting in Venomous and uh, Botsman getting together? Like, do yes! we, like is there yes! some like plan going on here? Michelle, you seem excited. Yes. Well, this is the thing. This is why they're a perfect team. Boxman is brilliant in what he does, but he needs a lot of guidance and direction to mm. maximize his potential. Whereas Venomous is wonderful in like a producer role. He's great at like getting the funds. He's good at organizing. He's good at managing and making sure everything is in place. But then Boxman's the one who's going to do all the grunt work and make the amazing thing happen. So together... They can rule the world. That's why this is so exciting. This is going to lead to so many more amazing endeavors that they take on together as a team. And we've been building for this forever. And I'm so excited. And I can't wait to see them in action. It's going to be so good, you guys. It's like, yeah. It's going to be so good. It's like the like, villain team, like the super powerful billionaire villain and the mad scientist. Yeah. 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 Maybe, and that's even better. Yeah, when you put it like that, I, I guess I should be more excited by, by this because maybe it does put up the possibility of like the villainy being a bit more menacing. Because I feel like early on in the show, when like it was just Botsman, like at some point it was like, well, this is goofy and awful. Like, when are we going to ramp up? But if you add Botsman and Venomous together, like I guess the, that provides the possibility for mm-hmm. amping up the yeah. the evil endeavors. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Like, we shouldn't forget that the most intense villain that, that we had was basically Boxman Jr., and that only came about because of Venomous' involvement. Well, He's the one that gave true. him the chip to act. That was their test run. Imagine how intense their machines are going to get once they really hone down on this. I still wonder, though, does Venomous have a connection to Shattery figure? Are they maybe his brother or... I don't know. They have the same voice. Yeah. That's kind of it, though. So mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too because, like, in this episode, uh, uh, we we learn a piece of uh, Venomous's personality, which is like he gets bored with the normal stuff and gets excited by like raw power, and that's kind of a thing that like uh, we we know about Shadowy Figure too. Like, he gets very excited when KO is like activating to TKO and stuff like that. So I don't know. It, he was his son, and this can't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think Venomous has any relation to KO. I think Venomous is just evil. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now, um, going over to Carol Quest, I guess that, that has a couple of uh, story stuff, too. Uh, oh, m- Mummy! Like, I love Mummy! 
Uh, okay, that one you want to talk about first? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, um, we're going to do it. Uh, Miss Miss Mummy is a junior point operative. Um, Gertie, who shows up at the at the dojo every once in a while, shows up as well to like be backup. Uh, I enjoy her joke of like Carol is trying to trick Ko into thinking this is like a scavenger hunt. Uh, Carol tries to convince Gertie of this and just like dial up modem noises as she's processing. Like, I can't even imitate what those noises are because i'm not the, the, the dialogue connection noises are very particular yeah, yeah. they're very screechy and painful to listen to and i wonder how many kids are growing up that will no longer know what that noise even is like, oh yeah. god that's true <laughs> but uh yeah so and uh but but Miss Mummy and, and Gertie show up to help. Um, Carol is on this mission because she got a call from Foxtail at the beginning of the episode, uh, calling her Silver Spark, uh, mentioning a project of Code Vermilion, and Carol is trying to hide all this, but it doesn't end up working. And uh, we end up getting the reveal that Carol and these other operatives are still part of Point, and they're charged with protecting the Glorb Tree that we've seen Ko uh, find in other episodes. Mm-hmm. And also we get the detail that Carol doesn't want Mr. Gar to know about this. Maybe this um, supported by the Mr. Gar's enemy ship towards Point uh, oh. back in the other Foxtail episode. Can I just say so, something? Yeah, sure. Just say something, though. The idea of Carol sort of like keeping secrets from Mr. Gar doing this top secret stuff. Can I just say, though, how normally you have a relationship like that, it would be the male who's keeping secrets and doing cool stuff behind the female's back. So it's nice to see maybe they're trying to reversing the the trope or reversing or subverting it at, at the very least. No, yeah, that's fair. It's still not a good relationship no. thing, but yeah, equal opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah, Mr. Gar is kind of like retired and Carol is pretending to be retired, but not really. So <laughs> that, 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 that will definitely cause some weird interaction later on so i guess yeah. if you're interested in the carol mr gar relationship that's something yeah, to keep an eye they're on like for. a regular mr and mrs incredible in terms of how they often like have these relationship problems yeah <laughs> um the the bulk of this episode is carol carrying ko around places um they go into the back of the bodega uh, ko also references that he's been back there before um, I, I like the little joke of like Carol adjusting the dungeon difficulty, <laughs> just like mm-hmm. a video game, like a, a nice uh, vi- visual joke there. Um, they they also have a big fight with a mutated mecha maw. Wait, wait. So it looks like just a robot. I, I, I'm not sure how you, how a robot can be mutated, but uh, I like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why does Boxman have a robot eye and a chicken arm? Like, there must be some reason, but we'll know, probably. Uh, I, I was just suspected for Boxman. It's just probably an experiment gone wrong. Yeah, I think he had an accident. I think that's part of why he's he is what he is in terms of if for some reason, right now. I always envisioned a Boxman having an older sibling that's way more loved by his parents. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, like... Because he's always going to get venomous to be proud of him, you mean? Yeah, yeah. That's true. But any any opinions on where this Mechama is coming from? Or who who who's interested in the Glorbs? Is it also Shadowy Figure? Or is it somebody else? That's my guess. I've been there stealing Glorbs before, so... And it, especially if Shadowy Figure is K.O.'s dad and Kara's investigating, it kind of 
makes sense. Maybe they're going to have to confront each other down the line. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds interesting. <laughs> I want that now. <laughs> Um, but um yeah i don't know if there's anything else you want to pick out of carol quest like it feels like a very linear episode there's not oh, it that is. much yeah. going mm-hmm. on except for the ending but um i, I don't know Any, anything else you guys want to mention from this oh, one mummy uh, miss mummy she looks like a grown-up version of the mummy from scooby-doo in the ghoul school <laughs> wow, i'll take wow. your word for uh, it uh, so so both mummy looks mummies. like another mummy good yeah. analysis <laughs> But they adorable, the adorable. They make it look adorable. Uh, and she's adorable. voiced by Ashley Burst. Oh. oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We got a little, a little more interested out of us. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, vo- uh, voice actors, uh, the the only one of these that have like new guests is uh, Soda Genie, which um, okay. introduces Citrus Twisty, a Soda Genie voiced by Ali Wong. And we have the return of Wallace Shawn. He appeared in a very early OKK episode, and he appears here as Judge Wally the White. This sounds amazing, and- <laughs> as usual. Wally yeah. the White. And you know the opening the, the show they're trying to make fun of was the People's Court. That's a theme song, like sort of a parody of that. Yeah, but it's the Magic yeah. Court. I know. <laughs> Uh, you guys ever seen the People's Court? Or no. I, I have I have been sick um, uh, from school and watched this at like three o'clock when there's nothing Aww, else to put on. So yes, that's kind of cute it. though. <laughs> like the People's Court is always on at an hour where like the like the news hasn't come on yet, so your parents haven't hogged the TV yet. But <laughs> at the same time, they want you to keep the channel on, so like that's what happens before the news. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder who the current <laughs> judge is. Who's the current judge? Uh, some. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. You don't know either. Not, the internet not, would know. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. Like, <laughs> also, there's so many Judge shows. Because, like, Judge Judy is still going on. I think there's a Judge Joe Brown somewhere over there. Um, there's, uh, okay, like, yeah. I think we're going off on a ranch here. We better just get back. Okay. Well, also, Dylan's going to kill us. This episode is, like, all references. So, like, yeah. it feels a little mm-hmm. weird. Like, there's a... The, the one that stands out the most is like when uh, when he's hearing the different stories. He's like, these conflicting stories are giving me a rash. Oh, man. Get it? Rash, oh, man. Ha, ha. Like, uh, it felt so over the top. Like, hey, guys, it was. there's a rash, oh, man joke. But, um, but the entire episode is like that. So it's kind of like, do you do you like your episodes meta or do you not? But, uh, I tell you, no, Citrus... Uh... Citrus, though, she's like a, she's like a perfect like. She reminds me of a, of a Kwame, Marcus Lee, but she'd be a perfect Kwame in terms of her personality, in terms of her size, in terms of well, her spunk. Well, yeah, well, I love her spunk and her her like cutesy yeah. evilness. That's yeah, very appealing. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Why are why are all genies evil? Like, why can't we have one helpful genie in the because world? Because they're they're stuck in a little tiny container mm-hmm. and they're just beholden to demands as their entire going like you never see them bitter too well well, can you blame them she reminds me of norm from fairly odd parents genie um same type of craftiness but you want a good genie you guys remember a movie called aladdin he's that good guy (laughs) i mean debatable 
But um, <laughs> the, 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 this sort of genie ends up manipulating Ko into making Rad a burger, but literally making him a burger. And so they have uh, Enid oh. decides that the only way to do it back is to sue. To sue her. <laughs> I love Citrus's version of the story. How Rad yeah. and the guys are like so big and powerful. It's like make me a burger. <laughs> Yeah, we, we get these very conflicting stories based on their personalities. Also, Rad is just like, hey, I was cool. Oh, yeah, and if you turn me into a burger. Like, that, yeah, he like, the, the whole point of the court case. It's yeah. great. Yeah. And, uh, and we do get other references like Ace Attorney, like uh, uh, Enid gets uh, pu- punching noises after responses to cross-examination. I think that's also a reference to, to that game. Uh, but at, at some point, the case falls apart and there's a lot uh, there's even more judge puns like uh, ko being i plead the fist <laughs> and, <laughs> yes and uh, ju- and twisty is like here's my rebuttal they punch back and stuff so. the point, to the point it was no recess and then they all just go out on the playground and play for a little bit before they get back to their trial yeah, well, well yeah. Uh, so, somehow, eleven minutes did not fit all the judge pun, the the court puns they could fit, but uh, they they tried, they tried, and uh, judge eventually sentences Twisty to prison. Ko, in his warm heartedness, wishes for Twisty to be free, and the episode ends with the genie leaving and not changing Rad back, and Rad's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so like uh, that 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 is a classic OKKO okay, episode. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's just like it's similar to like the the the, the let's uh, we have fleas the, episode or whatever. Yeah, the furry episode. Yeah, I was gonna say the furry yes, episode, but I, let's I think call it's, it what it is. I, I guess we can call it the furry episode. So <laughs> Rad is both, and so Rad is both a dog and a burger. I guess. Yeah, he's <laughs> multifaceted. Rad has taken many forms, but he's an alien. He should be able to like you know Guys, accept that. He's a burger. Yeah. Oh, oh! come on, I never make puns. That was a good one. He's a furry and a burger, so he's a burger. And oh, a burger. Wow, wow. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fun. You guys are like, what? Con- congratulations, you managed to make us go. go. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, well, wow. All, all the- yeah. Honestly, that was probably better than half the jokes wonder, in this episode, though. <laughs> I wonder, though, who would be most likely to eat rat when post-episode? Like, who do you most fearful might eat rat? Lee Rinkley would totally eat rat. Yeah. No question. He's down for anything. Yeah. Enid might eat rat. Like, Enid's just Yeah, hungry. she might. I don't know. She might find him disgusting. That's also true. What about the, those two guys? The, the the skeleton guy and that other one? Uh, you know, those... <laughs> The head of yeah, the and the bear. Uh, Brand- oh, Brandon. 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 Yeah. No, wait, it's, it's Brandon. It's Brandon. Oh, Brandon. Yeah, I remember because I'm like, that's a dumb fake name, and Brandon's <laughs> a real name. And then I moved to the nor- the nor- to the northeast, and everyone was named Brandon. I'm like, what? How is this real? I could see one <laughs> of them doing that by accident, eating red. Yeah, yeah. So th- there was there was no Brandon in these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll end talking Brandon? about him. I kind of yeah. miss him and Skeleton. They're, yeah. they're a nice duo. But they're you, know, good. you know who could have helped in this trial? Attorney Dendy. Dendy would have been perfect to help them out there. She didn't have a very smart little like lawyer mind that could have helped. Yeah, we, we, we missed her her knowledge of legal language yes. that I'm sure she has somewhere yeah, in her they mind. Might, 
Golden opportunity missed right there. I'm serious, yeah. Ryder. Dendi should have been a part of this. Well, look, maybe they're preparing us for like five episodes of Dendi in a row. You never know. Yeah. Stay calm during the the calm before the storm or something. <laughs> I, I botched that saying, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think we've, we've, co- we've covered all the episodes and the, oh, the, the main have stuff a, that came out of it. did have a crossover. Yeah, we we also have uh, in the hiatus. There is a random Mighty Magus Magisards episode that had Rad in it. Um, Steve is really eager to report. So Steve, yeah, please. it's very good. I, I I always thought though, if any show Okayo could do a crossover with, it was Mighty Magisards. Both worlds seem just sort of random, so random, and their rules are just random and nonsense. Those two worlds would just work so well together, but. So better late than never, even though Rad barely did anything. Though I, except he did find a possible new love interest. Was flirting with uh, with Simone. Does it count as a love interest if they're on a show that they will never go on again? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. yeah maybe. Um, yeah. Michelle, but did it, you end up watching that or no? What, what, oh the wait the what? The mighty yeah, magic never, never mind. <laughs> what, wait, what is it? No, tell me what is it? It's the mighty magic swords crossover. Oh God, no! I'm sorry. <laughs> but at least it prepares us for I'm the not big a crossover. Fan. I didn't see it. Yeah, no, I I watched like a YouTube clip that was just the rad parts, and I was like, okay, okay sure. That's, that's well, my, yeah, I, it was like. It was like three minutes worth. If, if, yeah. you, if you're a diehard OKKO fan, I guess go look for it. But yeah, like as Steve mentions, it's rad. It doesn't do much. Yeah. So like, it's, it's but yeah. it's a nice little preparing us for the big crossover that's coming soon, which I'm excited about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, I'm excited we, too because Garnet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have the crossover Netsus, which has been a much hyped crossover episode of, for OKKO, which will include Garnet from Steven Universe. Raven from Teen Titans Go and Ben from Ben Ten. That yeah. is supposed to air on TV October eighth. Um, um, Columbus Pop- Day. <laughs> yes, the, the the hallowed holiday of Columbus Day. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that that'll come up soon. And otherwise, I don't think we know other future episodes for well, the Halloween show. episode. Oh yeah, yeah. That there's a random Halloween episode that I'll show will come up. A monster <laughs> party. It's titled. Uh, that's scheduled for October 21 currently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Otherwise, uh, we don't have too much scheduled for the future, but uh, when we have enough to talk about, we'll come back. I yeah, guess. You always <laughs> like to surprise us, Cartoon Network. That's true, yeah. too. Like the, the, These episodes in particular, I don't think we had much warning for them. They just yeah. kind of showed no. up. So. And we don't I mean, know when they... we were great about circulating them on Twitter. I was thankful for that. Even though yeah. I should know when they are, but I was like, yeah. oh. Okay. We don't know when they're going to air on television. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually don't know. Because yeah, Craig really. is airing episodes next week, but I don't know about... KO. Just like the latest Steven Universe episode still has not aired on television either. Yeah, so. I w- don't hold you. <laughs> yeah. don't hold a, that look, look, guys, Cartoon Network says the future is online, so fire up your dial-ups and uh, load these episodes. We dial-up! Uh, this Gertie sure lady probably does. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Carol probably has it installed in the dojo for all the elderly folk. 
who like it. But uh, yeah, and until we have other episodes to talk about, um, you can find out all the info this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can join us on Discord to chat with us about OKKO or any other animated show we cover at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Uh, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overtheanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Lucas, a.k.a. Rocco. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Stephen, Hugh. And, uh, yeah, uh, other podcasts that we have out, um, Miraculous Ladybug, we're in the middle of uh, covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will probably soon have Craig of the Creek stuff to talk yeah. about, too. And uh, we'll we'll keep an eye out for for the OKKO epi- episodes uh, if they happen to come upon us. We'll be there to talk about them when there's a batch yeah. to talk about. And perhaps maybe we might have the venomous boxman wedding episode. So <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my god, Fink would be such a cute angry flower girl. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we haven't opened up Steve's fanfic corner for for today. You can probably like riff on that oh. for like two minutes if you wanted to. Oh, I already told you about the idea of Enid, Elodie, and Red Action interacting, and Enid trying to hang with both of them at the same that's, time. It's and... not a venomous uh, <laughs> no, wedding. About... Tell me about the wedding. Okay. Wedding, wedding. All right. How about like yeah, we have like the other villains there, and for some reason, Kale's there because. He's just so popular, even with villains, that he would just have some little role play. He might even be the priest who marries them off. (laughs) He would get certified online. That's cute enough. (laughs) KO giving away Boxman. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. And I I, I totally think Boxman should be the one to wear the dress. Yeah, so he looks so good in his veil. And he'd have his bouquet of flowers. And he'd just be, like, grinning and running down the aisle. And I'm sure Daryl will be in tears. Yeah, and everyone would be super excited. (laughs) Actually, maybe all the wedding guests could just be... Maybe maybe most of the wedding guests would just be, uh, you know, a bunch of Raymonds, Shannons, and Daryls, and... He makes all of them, so there's, like, a a big turnout to the wedding. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that that does make sense. <laughs> but uh, un- until we get a Professor Venomous Botsman wedding, or until we get more OKQ episodes, whatever comes first, uh, we'll come back to talk. But uh, until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Adios. Bye. Bye.